because he knows that I've got something in me that's greater than him. And I've got something in me that's greater than you, Charlie. You understand that? You understand that? Huh? Oh, no. No, Earl's fighting. No, no. That silly little son of a bitch. You listen to me. That silly little son of a bitchy Carl. No. Is fighting. Carl is not that. Carl's a good person. Now you, it's time for you to leave. I try to keep him away. I try to keep him away from church. Well, ever since he was a little kid, all he wanted to do was go to school and pray. That's all he ever wanted to do. But I got him riding around here on his bicycle uh, one day, and he didn't know what happened to him when he found his $5 and back. I know he didn't know what happened to him, but you did, and he entertained you, and now then you're trying to take him over, and you're trying to rule his life, and I'm here to put a stop to it. You understand that? You understand that, Charlie? Carl, so f Stupid. You understand that, Charlie? Yeah. And I, you quit telling Carl he's stupid. You hear me? Because you know what I have right here. Right here. And you know what it is. This is a stupid but Yeah. Yeah. That's what you think. This right here is inside of me, though. And you know it because you recognize it. You recognized it when I walked up on this property. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the reason you don't like it. Because you know that I have the power to make you leave. The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh. I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Guys, welcome to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. It is me, your host, Brendan Shane. With me, as always, is the beautiful, the lovely... Annie Weebs. It's Halloween. It's Shea Halloween. It's and Halloween. It's, and guess what? What? It's episode 50. Is it really? Episode 50. It sounds like a lot, but in the podcasting world, it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like 
we've been doing this forever. We, we've been doing a lot of different <laughs> things too. You know, we did snippets. We did, we're re-releasing older episodes. Have, so it seems yeah. like we got a lot of content out there, but we've only done 50 full episodes. I know. So, well, congratulations. Yeah, you too. Shay. Congratulations. We've done 50 episodes. That's awesome. Yay. And people are still listening, I still guess. Still listening. And it's Halloween. And it's Halloween. That makes it even better. Episode 50 is our Halloween special. And not only do you get this episode... You get a flashback Friday on Friday, and then you get our injured cold special on Saturday, Halloween day. So this is something that we have been working so hard on. It's the culmination of literally two years of research. Um, I got to say, I'm I'm anxious to put it out there, but some of the stuff that is going to follow after this first episode... I'm a little nervous about really. It's kind of scary and it's kind of scary to to talk about what you found. Yeah. Because of the implications that it could bring about, but it's got to be done. It's got to it be gets out there. Really deep, really fast. And there are a lot of very personal things that have happened to us that we're going to share kind of right out the gate and then go into more of this research that we have been doing. Um, you know, we've reached out to some people, we've done some other interviews. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, you know, putting all of this information out there. So but Halloween felt like the perfect day to do it. And so you guys, you know, set your alarms, don't forget to listen to this on Halloween. It's super freaking creepy and if you haven't heard it yet we did put a teaser trailer out there and you can you hear the voices of connor randall is one of the people featured in this this little special here this first part and tanya durenberger bowman who was the daughter of woodrow durenberger so great company that we had to do this first part of this series and we're super excited for you guys to hear it it's been a couple years in the work so but guess what we're doing today what are we doing shay we're gonna take a trip to Kentucky. Speaking of weird high strangeness, we're going to go to Kentucky where a lot of high strangeness happens, but we're not going to be talking about aliens or strange ultra-terrestrial men. We're going to be talking about Bobby Mackey's music world oh, in we're going, Wilder, Kentucky. We're going back to our roots and getting some ghosts for Halloween. Honky-tonk. A haunted honky-tonk. Honky-tonk Halloween. Now, you've never been here before, have you? I'm ashamed to say that I haven't been, and I live so close to Bobby Mackey's. Um, We actually had the opportunity to go this weekend with Jerry and Tracy Polly from Hillbilly Horror Stories. Love those two. Um, We just didn't have a sitter for the weekend. But yeah, no, I've never been. No, it's, it's, it's worth the go, and I've been fortunately enough, been able to go twice. I think I said it before, it is one of the most dark, disturbing places I've ever been. And you wouldn't think it would be, but this place has something there that I just cannot describe what it is. And we're going to, we're going to learn a little bit about it today. Is it really what Zach Bagan says? Is it really the portal to hell? I don't know. Zach Bagan's thinks everything's a portal to hell and everything's a demon. But what I will give him credit for is that they really did put this place on the map, all the investigations they did there, and uh, you know it made it a want-to-go location for any paranormal investigator's bucket list. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to visit here twice, and both times was off the chains with activity. And that's not a pun with chains and ghosts. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, this is Halloween. We're going to be talking about Bobby Mackey's Music World, Wilder, Kentucky, So I'm super excited to get into this. You ready? 
Let's go. Well, before we get into it, there's going to be a clip you're going to hear before it. And I was fortunate enough, I said, be able to go to Bobby Mackey's. I went with a group that I started out paranormal investigating with, the Central Ohio Ghost Squad. And our founder was Ed Conkler. He loved this place. So the clip you're going to hear is from him in 2009 talking about his first experience there and some of the ghostly phenomena they encountered. So here we go, guys. Bobby Mackey's Music World in Wilder, Kentucky. Episode 50. Happy Halloween. And Donna, what happened was Eric got a phone call. His phone call, phone was turned off. And he says, hello? And he's got a whisper, hello? Hello? Then it repeated again, and then nothing. And then brand new battery in his digital recorder. And then it just all of a sudden went dead. You know? A lot of that stuff happens in that place. But we went in there provoking from the very good. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, we provoked from the very good. We were wondering about. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Krista, she got kind of rubbed real hard or something, slapped or whatever, crossed her face. She came running out, and I kind of followed her, and she was crying a little bit. You know, I said, what happened? Well, there was something in there that wasn't too nice, you know. And then uh, Eric had that episode that's on that last movie we made, uh, Back Into Hell, Bobby Mackey's. And, uh, I mean, it drained him. We had, we had a minister there, Alonzo Walling, Scott Jackson, and Pearl Bryan were there, too. Spirit form. Oh, really? Is that when you were using the ghost meter? Yeah, yeah. That, I saw that. When it was answering yeah, questions. that was amazing. And, uh... That's when he did the prayer to release Pearl Bryan's hold, you know, so she could go. And then, boy, it just kind of like overwhelmed Eric and just took him, you know, all of his strength. He came up out of that basement, white as a sheet. He was sweating bullets and he had goosebumps. Hair was standing up. Pissed the enemies off. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty wild. Murder, mystery, possessions, suicide, the mafia, and a portal to hell? Sounds like the perfect plot to a horror movie, right? Well, it's not the plot of a movie yet, but part of the dark history of a famously haunted honky-tonk bar that sits on the licking Ohio rivers at Wilder, Kentucky. Bobby Mackey's Music World has been labeled the most haunted nightclub in America. This is the story of that bar and how its famous ghosts came to reside here for eternity. In 1978, a young aspiring country musician named Robert Randall Mackey purchased a small rundown building on the corner of Licking Pike in Wilder, Kentucky. The building was old and rough, but Mackey had dreams of making it a premier honky-tonk bar where he would always have a place to play his music. There was something in this old place, though, that seemed to have a life of its own. It was as if the building had secrets to tell. And soon, Mackey and his new staff would begin to realize that this new business was about to become much more than just another smoky country watering hole. The land on which Mackey's bar now stands was once the land of the native peoples. It is said they have cursed this land after a fierce battle was fought there, and many of their people's blood had been spilled. This area was sacred because close by was the Licking River. After years of fierce fighting with the native tribes, the white settlers named this area Wilder. 
In the early 1800s, Wilder would become a bustling nexus of the railways, fastly becoming a new source of transportation across the newly forming United States. Sometime in the 1850s, a slaughterhouse was built in the new location of Mackey's Bar. During its 40-year period of service, thousands of animals would be brought and slaughtered here. The entrails and unused parts of the animals would be dumped in a well in the basement, where the nearby river's currents would flow red with the blood of the entrails of the slaughtered beasts. It had been rumored that satanic rituals of animal sacrifice had been performed here. Well, maybe this is why people believe this. Perhaps one of the most famous spirits said to reside at Bobby Mackey's is that of a young woman known as Pearl Bryant. 22-year-old Pearl was in love with a young dental student from Cincinnati named Scott Jackson. It is said that Pearl came to Scott and told him she was pregnant and that he was the father. After much debate on what to do about the baby, it was decided that they should perform an abortion. Jackson, being a dental student, took it upon himself to perform the procedure. He enlisted the help of his friend and fellow dental student Alonzo Walling. Taking Pearl to an undisclosed location, they began the procedure, but something went terribly wrong. The two students botched the procedure and caused mortal hemorrhaging to Pearl. After Pearl succumbed to her wounds, the two men removed her head, left her body in the field to throw off the police. This, however, did not work, as the two men were captured and convicted. As they stood up at the gallows and the ropes were placed upon their necks, it was said that Walling told the crowd that he would forever haunt this land for his unjust death. Local lore has said for years that the two men had thrown Pearl's head into the well in the basement in an occult ritual, which then caused the infamous portal to hell. However, no proof of this has ever been found. Jackson, Walling, and Pearl herself are said to still haunt the dark basement of Mackey's Bar. So Annie, what do you think of this so far? Well, I love that anyone who had any type of medical training just thought that they were able to perform an abortion. This is why they call it practicing medicine. God, it's hard to even fathom what she went through if that's a true story. If you're thinking in terms of they were dental, I mean, medical students, they weren't. I mean, they were dental students. They worked on your mouth. I guess it's a form of medicine, but you're talking about two different parts of the body. You know what, what I mean? What what type of, of instruments would they have even used? I mean, good Lord, I, I can't even think about that, what this poor girl went through. And for the one guy to say that his death, you know, his hanging was unjust, um, that's a negative. No, if you killed this girl and you beheaded her, why would you have to behead her? What 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 was the point in that? And that was the whole the whole justification of why they think that there's some satanic ritual or these guys were involved in the occult. I don't know if there's any records of them being part of like an occult practice or doing satanic worship. It was just said that they removed her head and threw it in this well because this well was went to the river. You know That's what I mean? That's like two complete extremes from being a dentist or a dental student to practicing in the occult. That's just all I can think about is that old Christmas uh I want to be a dentist. I want to be a dentist. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is that what that is? Yeah. The, cl- the but this weird is Halloween. Don't bring up Christmas. This is Halloween. It's just beyond crazy to me to even think about that. Well, I can, I mean, 
I've never been in that position, obviously, and I never want to be in that position, but you probably scared and you're just like, what do we do? We just, we killed her trying to perform an abortion. So let's just cut off her head and just make it look like she was murdered and, and they'll never think it was us. It's like the story that we talked about, John Reginald Christie. Remember, can't do it, Christie. Yeah. And he uh, performed an abortion on his neighbor because he was like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. Yeah, but he wanted to murder. He did. That he, was he the was difference. A, he was a serial killer. But still, killer. this woman didn't want this child, and so she just let her neighbor perform this abortion, and then he killed her. Well, I think more of the stories that I read was she did want the child, and he kind of talked her you know, out of wanting to have this child because I think he was probably just a, a player and hooked up with her and got her pregnant, and she was in love. I mean, there's 20 different sides to this story. Yeah. It's, it's local lore. It's legend. There's probably some fact to it. But to get into the whole haunting side of it, like I honestly think that these spirits are there because going there, we had experiences, at least something claiming to be Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling. And as we go on further, I'll explain it a little more because one of the areas that, they, that they're said to walk and haunt is one of these places that have been synonymous with quote-unquote so-called satanic worship, which I don't think happened because we heard it from the man himself, Carl Lawson, that it it didn't happen that way. Again, here we are. We got some murder that stained a place with its energy, and now it's haunted. All right, let's hear the rest of the history. For many years, the slaughterhouse remained empty, watching as time crept by. The world changed all around it, until on the brink of decay, it was torn down, and a new establishment was erected on its blood-stained foundation. In the early 1920s, a roadhouse was built in its place. During the era of Prohibition, it became a speakeasy and casino known simply as the Primrose. Business was booming for its owner, Buck Brady, that it caught the attention of mobsters from nearby Cincinnati, Ohio. As the mobsters took interest, they began to put pressure on Brady to relinquish control of his establishment, but he refused. After years of threats and acts of violence, Brady gave in to the demands and sold his property and retreated to Florida. By the 1950s, the building would transfer again and its name changed to the Latin Quarter. This era of the building's history would introduce perhaps its most famous ghost, that of a young woman named Johanna. Again, this legend is simply about the love of two young people and its demise would forever stain the walls of Mackey's Bar. The story is told like this. Johanna was the daughter of the proprietor of the Latin Quarter, and she would dance for the customers. It is said that she fell in love with a young crooner who also performed at the restaurant. His name was Robert Randall. Johanna became pregnant, and when her father found out, he became enraged. He then had the young man killed. Heartbroken, angry, and soon to be a single mother, Johanna poisoned her father and then carved a suicide note in a roof rafter in a hidden room above the now bar floor 
and then killed herself in her dressing room. Johanna is said to still walk the downstairs dressing rooms. Her presence can be felt and her rose perfume still lingers throughout her eternal home. Bobby Mackey's now famous song, Johanna, tells the story of the young lover's demise. Again, just a super sad situation with this girl who is just in love. And then her father supposedly has him killed. She kills her father. She's pregnant. She commits suicide. I mean, you've got the deaths of four more human beings right there just contained in that story. That's insane. But you know what's even more insane is that there is evidence that this actually took place. I've been up there in that hidden room above that bar, and there is a note scrolled or written in in the wood up there. What does it say? I don't remember. It's actually written. Um, I think they have a copy, like a, a etched copy of it. Like somebody went up there and like took a pencil and like kind of you like know, a grave sh- rubbing, yeah, kind of like a rubbing of it. And it's mm-hmm. down in there's a gift shop in the middle of the bar, and they have like T-shirts that kind of stuff. And it's in one of the cases there that somebody went up there and did it. But there, it, it's actually up there. I crawled up there. I looked at it, and it's crazy. I mean, somebody went up there, and whether the story's been fabricated this and that you know i've heard over the years that her father didn't die that he recovered from his his injuries or his uh poisoning but yeah i mean it's another crazy story so much in fact that it inspired bobby Mackey to write a song about her now in the beginning of this narrative i don't know if you heard me say bobby Mackey's full name but did you hear what his name was robert randall Mackey. his name was robert randall now the parallels there the synchronicity there is that This guy who fell in love with the now famous Johanna, who inspired Bobby Mackey to write a song, her lover's name was Robert Randall. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And for the simple fact that he bought this place, he saw it, and his his wife at the time did not want to buy the place. She just had a weird feeling about it, and she actually would never, she had a paranormal experience in there and would never set foot back in this bar. No wonder. I wouldn't want to do it either. She was going up the back stairs to the office that they had set up for themselves, and she was pushed down the stairs. And Mm -hmm. since that thing, she never walked back in that bar. Bobby Mackey himself to this day will tell you, yeah, I believe the stories of everybody coming in here, but I really don't believe in this stuff. What? Yeah, he, he doesn't fully believe in this stuff. I think he's had stuff happen, but he just kind of dismisses it. And uh, for you, this is one of the most haunted places in America, and he does not believe that this stuff really goes on there. That's bizarre. But he wrote a song about one of right. its ghosts. So I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. One of the coolest things that happened, though, I went there. The first time I went there, I went with our friend, Laura and Cheryl, and the team that we were both on. And we decided, hey, we're going a day early. Why don't we go hang out at the bar, see Bobby Mackey perform, right? Because the bar's open, I think, Friday and Saturday, and then it's closed the rest of the week. So Sunday is when they do their investigation. So we went there on a Saturday night. Bobby Mackey was playing. We're drinking beers, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go take this ghost tour. They have a tour of the basement. There's only one way to get into the basement, and it's outside through the bottom door. So I go down there, and I'm like, the, the girls, you know, they give the tour... I think at the time when I went, Ghost Adventures had just been there. So they give that tour. You know what I mean? The Zach Bagans, basically what he experienced, where he experienced it at. And I'm walking into the area where the well is, and I smell this perfume. And that's one of the things they say when Johanna shows her presence. You'll smell this perfume. And it's not like 
perfume like you would think of nowadays. This smelled old. And you ever, I, I describe it as this. You know when you go into like a hotel room and you smell that cheap soap that they have? Like that flowery. Like a floral. You know, yeah. Like that's what it smelled like. Mm. And it was so overwhelming and powerful. It was like she walked right by me and I smelled it and I was like. Did anybody else around you smell it? I think there was one other guy who said he smelled something similar, but it was just so strong and mm-hmm. pugnant for like a second. I was like, wow, I think I just experienced, you know, Johanna walking by me. A lot of people have had run-ins with Johanna. She said to haunt the dressing room that is down in the basement. That's where they said she killed herself. So I don't know. I mean, it's just another legend, but there seems to be some something behind A lot of legends it. just tied to this one location, which is bizarre. You don't often find a place that has that many stories attached to it. It makes you wonder if there is something with the land there, the bloodshed, the curse that it goes back to. Well, one of the funny things is when he bought this building, his his plan was not to make this building his honky-tonk. He wanted to build a separate building right next to it because he bought the whole lot. And they couldn't get the foundation to not crack. I think they did it two or three times, and every time they poured concrete, it just would crack. So I don't know if it was just because the river's right there or because there's something paranormal. It's hard to say. So Annie, let's get back into the history of this place, uh, what what else we have to go over, and then we'll kind of get into my personal experiences and that of my team, and it's going to get weird. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Perhaps the most talked about event that took place at Bobby Mackey's was the exorcism of its caretaker and maintenance man, Carl Lawson. Carl was Bobby's first employee, and he loved working for the Mackey's. He was given a small apartment on the second floor of the building, and he settled into his new role perfectly. But something watched Carl, and slowly began to take a hold of him. In the early 90s, Carl would be given an exorcism, and after this was performed, his life would be changed forever. Carl, up until his death, still felt drawn to this building, and even after he had moved away, he would always be back doing some type of work or leading ghost tours. Sadly, Carl passed away in 2012. A memorial was placed in his honor inside the gift area of the bar. The first clip you heard at the lead-in to this episode was part of that exorcism Carl received. So I think everybody has heard of Carl Lawson. And I know that this exorcism uh, video was made famous by Ghost Adventures, but it was actually done by another guy. He filmed it in the 90s. And it's if you watch the whole thing, it's probably about a half hour to 40 minutes long. And Carl, I was fortunate enough to know him and uh, investigated with him a couple times. And, you know, he will say this. He, he, he said it many times that he wasn't the smartest man that walked the face of the earth, but he's speaking different languages and he, he didn't know a second language. And he's saying all this stuff in this thing that's in Latin and I think uh, German. And I think he's speaking in and something overtook this guy and it did change him forever. I mean, he, he, he was pretty open about talking about it, about how it changed him. When you start talking about exorcisms, you automatically lose me because that is something that I don't care how many places or investigations we go on. I'm never going to be part of an exorcism. I was asked one time by a team that I was originally with to perform a or help perform 
a quote unquote exorcism on a girl. I believe it was total BS. I think there was nothing to it. I think it was all a show by the person that was doing it. But with that being said, this kind of stuff scares the crap out of me. And to think that Carl was so enamored with this place that it became a part of his being. You would think that if he experienced something so terrible, so life-changing that it required an exorcism to try to get this out of him, that he wouldn't go back. But he went back over and over and over again. He, he lived gave, there. He lived he there. He lived there. He gave the tours. You investigated with him. What did he say to you? How how did he act during the investigation? Did anything weird happen? Was he, I mean, that's just, that blows my mind. The first time that the team I was part of, Central Ohio Ghost Squad, they had gone before I joined the team and they, Carl met them there. Carl gave them the tour. Carl investigated with them. Carl got a rapport with a couple of the guys on the team, especially Ed Conkler, our founder. They said things did happen when he was there more than when he wasn't there. And I think it was because he was so drawn to that building. He wasn't living there at the time that they went the first time. And he wasn't living there when I went the set, when I went with him my first time, but there was something about him that, that when he was outside the building, he was a different character. When he was inside the building, he was more in like almost a trance. When I investigated with him, sadly to say, I think part of this trauma that happened to him caused him to, develop a drinking problem. They said a couple times he would show up to tours and he would, you know, would would be a little drunk and, you know, I think it was because the trauma of coming to this place. I mean, it 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 had an effect on him. If I can digress for a second, one of the stories that he told me, and I remember standing outside and we're smoking a cigarette, we're standing outside talking, and he says when he was a kid, he was drawn to this building. He actually was a busboy at the Latin Quarter. But he said he would cut the grass for this property. And he said sometimes he would stop cutting the grass and he would turn around and he would see red eyes or a pair of eyes staring at him out of the window. Now that gives me goosebumps thinking about it because he's sitting there cutting the grass and he feels like these eyes are staring daggers at him that he stops the lawnmower, turns around and looks and sees something staring back at him. And then he decided to go work there. And then he decided to be Bobby's caretaker and it took a toll on him. And he told us this story, but he showed up this time and he was he was not sober. And he went down and stood in the well and was screaming at the top of his lungs, Johanna, Johanna. And it was frightening because it had a hold on him. This place had a hold on him. So what did he think it was that he was dealing with when they did the exorcism? What did they think they were exercising out of him? Was it... Johanna that entranced him? Was there something evil that had overtaken him? What did he think those red eyes were that and and whatever kept drawing him back there since he was a kid? I can honestly say that, you know, doing this for as long as I've done it, I've never, I think maybe twice experienced something that I seemed, it seemed to be otherworldly as far as like what could be demonic, if you want to call it a demon spirit. But whatever was at Bobby Mackey's, I don't necessarily think it was Satan or Beelzebub or whatever, but there was something evil there. And I think maybe it was something that slowly just took over him, not necessarily a demon, but some spirit possessed him of somebody who was not nice that had been haunting that location. And 
I mean, I honestly don't know, but he was speaking languages he, he didn't normally speak, so that's usually a sign of something demonic, but I'm no expert in that at all. Unless it was just the spirit of someone who knew another language, right? Because you're Could talking about been. a lot of people who passed through there in those times. If you're talking about something that was, uh, you know, popular during Prohibition and the mafia was a part of it. You could have been speaking Italian. I mean, it could have been the influence of a lot of things that had been here on earth as opposed to something that never walked the earth, a.k.a. a demon, right? So maybe it was something like that that drew him back here. Well, I can honestly say, and we'll get into this a little more of that, it's just the feeling there is not, you know, it's not a normal feeling. There's something ominous there. There's something lurking. And that's why when he told me that story, that something was staring at him. He I mean, he was like 15, 16 years old when that happened. And he said he just felt weird, but it, it just, he felt like he had to be in that building. He was drawn to it somehow. And he went there, worked there, wanted to take care of it for, for Bobby because he felt like he had to be part of it. And now He's passed on and maybe he is part of it. Maybe he's now watching over it. I haven't been there since he's passed away. So, I mean, I don't know. But whatever it was, it really had an effect on him and it changed him. So what makes a place like this haunted? It is still up for debate. So much of local lore plays a part of the stories. But where does historical fact play a role? The name Johanna has been found in the local census, but no cause of death was ever listed. Stories of the hauntings have become more fantastic and sinister over the years. And still, Bobby Mackey's remains one of the most talked about bars in America. So if you ever get to travel to Wilder, Kentucky, and you're looking for a drink and a scare, well, to quote Bobby Mackey, come for the ghosts, stay for the music. So Bobby Mackey's Music World, Annie, is probably one of the best places I've ever investigated. Like I said, I haven't been there since, I think I was there in 2009 was the last time I was there. So it's been been 10 years. And uh, we had people who had to leave the investigation because so much crap and energy. I mean, it just it's a draining place. And what I was talking about before is when you walk down into the basement, you have to go outside, right? It's a scary place, but one of the coolest things is when you first walk into the entrance, and it's the famous sign. I'm sure you've seen this sign where it basically says, you know, this place is known to be haunted. Right. Enter at your it's own like risk. It's like their disclaimer. Yeah, it's, right. it's, and that's what it is. It's a disclaimer. So you go in there, and you can feel the energy the second you walk in the door. But when you walk into that basement, it's like you're entering a different dimension, and it is ominous, it is scary, and when the lights go out, it sucks ass. Because now you're, you know, you're 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 in it. You're there's no turning back. So we talked about going on the tour and I, I I've experienced that Johanna's perfume. There's a room back there that they call the room of faces. And they call it this because you basically matrix these patterns on the wall, right? We call it matrixing where you can see these human faces. And it's basically the staining of the concrete. And they say that this room is where they did all these satanic rituals, you know, and there's no evidence of that. That's just local lore. But this room was, according to Carl, when he worked at the Latin Quarter, it was mobbed up, right, from the Cincinnati mob. And there was a trap door that would 
that would drop that would drop open, and there was a set of stairs that basically you can go in there and look where, it, and they lead to nowhere, right? They just lead straight up, and the floor has been redone. This place has just been built up over the years, and they basically used this room of faces as a beat up room. They would take you down there if you were like in debt to the mob, or you couldn't pay the the dealer at the at the craps table, or whatever you know gambling they had going on in there. You or cause trouble, they'd take you down there and just beat the crap out of you. They had a cell down there where I guess they would hold people. So I think that the local lore of this being a place where satanic rituals happened, I mean, I, I've never seen or heard any evidence of that. But there's something there that's that's scary, and, and it's, I don't know, it's just one of them things that people make up over the years, and it becomes legend, and legend becomes fact. And that's not really what it is. So if you go there and they talk about the room of faces, used to be a beat-up room. I heard it straight from Carl Lawson. And that's the only reason I know what it was. So there's so many stories of things that happened to me when I was there. But I'm just going to talk about this one because uh, there's video evidence of it. And we'll go ahead and put the video on our YouTube page. And we'll put it on our Facebook. We'll put a link on our Facebook page too if you guys to check it out. And uh, basically it's me filming Ed Conkler and Carl Lawson, and we're sitting in the bar area, the main open top floor bar area. And uh, Carl had just been talking about how he feels this weird sensation in the room. And it led to just conversation, just us talking about, you know, what do you think it could be? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm holding this old camera. I mean, I'm just looking at these guys talking. I'm not looking in the viewfinder. It's an old high eight. And if you know what that is, it takes them little tiny cassette tapes. And I'm sitting there looking at these two, and I have the camera kind of a little off of Ed, just off to the right of him. All of a sudden, I see, I happen to look over towards Ed's, le- it would be his left, but it's camera right. And I see what looks like a, somebody blew a bubble, and it goes up right beside Ed. And as it gets like up to his head, it starts to glow a little bit, and then it just disappears. And you hear me in the video say, whoa, I just saw a light go up beside you. We caught it on video. And it's hard to see in the video, but you can tell that it's it looks like a bubble in the video. That's why I say it. To me, it was a bright light, but in the video, it looks like there's a bubble going up the side. And it was just like, as soon as Carl came into the picture, all these weird things started happening. And it was crazy. And I think that there was something about him, but I think whenever you talk to that spirit or supposed spirit of Johanna there, that's when things started happening around Carl. So I don't know if it was Johanna, but... That's just one of the weird stories and weird things I experienced there. Did he feel it when you saw it? I mean, yeah, was he, it something he that... was talking about it before? He hmm. said he feels something. There's a presence in here right now. He goes, I can't. He actually says, I can't tell if it's Johanna. And in the video clip, I think he takes a drink of his coffee that he had sitting on the table. And Ed says something. Ed asks a question. And then this thing happens. This thing comes up. Did he feel Ed. it as it happened, though? I mean, was it something physical effect or you just saw it? Happen? I just saw it happen. Mm, okay. But they didn't they didn't react to it. I just I react to it and say, I saw that. But the thing about it is, is I didn't see it through the viewfinder. I saw it with my own eyes. Oh, OK. So hmm. that's what made it so compelling. And we actually caught it on video. Now, we've had a lot, you know, there's a whole bunch of videos out there if you look up the central how ghost squad you can find a bunch of these bobby mackie videos from when we went i think the three times that the team had been there the two times that i had been there with them there's all kinds of stuff that you can look at and i'm gonna go ahead and play when we lead out to the end here an evp that i caught and we actually played it on our evp episode but it's an incredible evp and it's a really creepy voice and uh i was setting up and everybody had gone outside. I was the last one in the bar. I was setting up an EMF meter by the stage 
And all of a sudden the EMF meter started going nuts. And it was the, one of them ghost meters that blinks red. So you hear me saying in the clip, can you please get away from my light? And then you hear a creepy voice. And I'm not going to tell you what it says. I want you guys to write on our Facebook page, comment on our Twitter, what you think that this voice says. Can you please step away from my light? Please. Can you please step away from my light? Please. Bobby Mackey's Music World. If you get a chance to go, you need to go. You need to go hear Bobby play because he's an incredible musician. They have awesome karaoke. I almost got kicked out of there the second time because I sang Bohemian Rhapsody and all these <laughs> these country honky-tonk guys were like, are you really singing Queen in this bar? But I did. I got up and sang Bohemian Rhapsody. Drunk Good as a for skunk. You. It was hilarious. Yeah. And you can still, if you're a smoker, you can still smoke in the bar. It's Kentucky. Have at it. But it's a cool place to be. And like Bob, like I said before, Bobby says, come for the ghost, stay for the music. But you definitely want to stay for the ghost because it's a creepy, creepy place. It's somewhere I definitely want to go. And I'd love to to meet Bobby and sit down and hear what his thoughts are on all the hauntings. I think there's probably a part of him deep down that believes that something is there or he wouldn't allow people to come in and uh, you know do the investigations unless it's just part of a shtick well i think his he firmly believes something happened because his late wife had an experience that changed her life i mean she did not want to come back there and i think you know he he believes in it because of that but as far as his first hand experiences i mean i think he's experienced stuff but he's just one of them people that's just like "Eh, yeah maybe who knows well, that's a really cool story shay well well, some good and a little side note here okay sorry 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 to interrupt you the guy who was, Bob, I don't know if he's still Bobby's uh, manager, but in a funny story, we used to do ghost tours at this other place in Granville, Ohio called the Brindu Mansion. And this was like 20, 30 minutes from where I grew up. And his tour manager was best friends with the proprietor of the Brindu Mansion. And we were like talking to this guy. I think his name was CJ. And he's like, oh yeah, I know Bruce, blah, blah, blah. And we was like, well, that's weird. You're so you mean now. Bobby's manager knew yeah, this Bobby other... Mackey's knew this guy that we knew for a long time. Huh. So yeah, it was kind of Everybody kinda just came small together, world, right? Yeah, small it is. world. And two ghostly establishments. Right. It's kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, that's Bobby Mackey's Music World for Halloween. Very interesting, very creepy. So, Annie, you got any final thoughts? Anything you want to add here at the end of this Halloween episode? So, in closing this week, Shay, you know, we kept encouraging everyone, if you like Serial Spirits, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you want to write something about the show, even better. I've got one that I've been meaning to read for a couple of weeks now. Um, So, another five-star review from Rochelle63. She says, so well done. Great research, great delivery, professional production. This is the podcast to listen to. Great work. Keep it up. Rochelle 63, thank you so much. That means so much to us. That is awesome. Like really, that that uh, all these reviews are, they really touch us in a lot of ways because we work hard to do this podcast. And you guys show your appreciation and we, you know, we, we can't thank you enough. So. so if you guys feel compelled, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Not only does it let us know uh, that you're showing us some love, but it also helps in uh, distributing the podcast to new and different platforms. What you're going to hear coming up 
with this series that we've created called I Am Cold is a little different. It's more like a a, a narrative, more, um, what am I trying to, to... It's more like a docu-series. It's a docu-series, but it's a little off the rails from what you are used to hearing from Serial Spirits. So if you like that, please let us know because we are still working on this as it plays out. We want to put this out in a way that not only we're proud of, but that you guys like to hear. So leave us some reviews about what you think about the upcoming series, because some of this content is going to blow your minds. And if I'm going to put this out there too, because I put this on Facebook today as we're recording this, if there's anybody out there who is a musical historian who knows anything about classical music composers, please email us at serialspirits at AOL.com. I'd like to pick your brain about some of this research we're looking into. Yeah, I mean, we, we need somebody who's who's pretty good with some of this historical. Yeah, I know that's a weird thing to ask for, but the more that we dive deep into these stories, um, you know, these things are kind of lining up in a way that we did not expect. Wormholes. A lot of wormholes in a lot of different directions. And if you guys are in the areas of West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky, where we sit right now is kind of like Mothman Central. We are just 40 minutes away from Point Pleasant. But a lot of this activity took place in a lot of areas around us. If you have any stories that you would like to share with us, please feel free to do so. You can email us. You can do it anonymously. Um, We would like to hear your stories as well. Absolutely. And if you want to stay creepy the rest of October and even November all the way to Christmas, I don't care. You can stay creepy all year long. We do. The Penny Royal Podcast, our friends Nathan Isaac and Kyle Cadell just released their podcast. Guys, if you're in the Kentucky area, especially Somerset, this podcast is going to blow your freaking mind. It's going to blow your mind no matter where you live because it's some great content. Congratulations to those guys. Super well done. Definitely listen to Penny Royal. And you can find it on all the podcasting platforms. Go to iTunes, leave them a five-star review, guys, because it is excellent. Excellent. So with that being said, guys, stay safe out there. COVID's on the rise. Social distance, do everything you need to do to keep yourself and your family safe. And until next time, we'll see you when we see you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Serial Spirits Podcast. Follow us on all your social media apps, facebook.com forward slash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits. Listen to us on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you subscribe. Follow us on our mothership at ParanormalWarehouse.com. Until next time, guys, be aware and be safe.